Hello, Jews, etc. This is Unorthodox, a weekly podcast from Tablet Magazine. I am Mark Oppenheimer, your host, joined as ever by Liel Leibowitz. Shalom lekolam, Mr. Yes to you. And Stephanie Butnick. Hello. Hello. We have an apology to make to all of you. We have no Jewish guest of the week. I mean, we have Jews of the week. The three of us are your Jews of every week. But um, our Jewish guest of the week uh, did not show, which is a shame because we were going to discuss his excellent book about criticism. He's a well-known movie critic from a publication you've heard of. And we were really, really eager to talk about his book because it's a good book. So um, when he decides to come on our show... Look, A.O. Scott, I'm just I'm just going to call it out. You want to be on our show to talk about your book? You want to sell the 12 copies of our of your book that we would move if you came on our show, the world's leading podcast for Jews in the whole universe? You will have to bring us an appetizing. We want we want Nova, we want bagels, and I want not I don't want the little capers. Till then, the, the big capers. Till then we're reading Anthony Lane. Till then we're go- we're going to read reread old Elvis Mitchell is what we're going to do till then. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Our Gentile of the Week is architect and world-renowned Judeophile duo Dickinson. By the way, we just we just fed Gentile into a random name generator. <laughs> duo <laughs> Dickinson came Duo up. Dickinson. The, the, the sort of WASP nickname status of duo is, is it's high, right? I mean, if you're at the club and you're playing paddle tennis with duo. You've made it. You've, you've kind of made it. Um, happy Shavuos. Happy late Shavuos to all of you. We didn't have a show during Shavuos, but we're back. Did either of you do anything for Shavuot? Is Shavuot a Butnik family holiday? No, but I can tell you what I did. We were off Monday for Shavuot, um, and I slept until 1 p.m. and um, spent the day with my cat. Your cat <laughs> so let you sleep is, till 1, 1 he, p.m.? He loves it. Like Once he gets past his early like annoyances, he's happy to sleep. He once sleeps he get, all day, basically. Once he gets into the holiday spirit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he really yeah. is into the holiday spirit. Did you feed he him? Dobbins and <laughs> you know, eats yeah. cheesecake. He loves it. Aunt Liel? Shavuos? Shavuos at the Leibowitz household. Set the scene. Set the scene for Shavuos, Shay Leibowitz. We went to a gin festival. Uh, in fact, an all-night gin tikkun, uh, which was amazing uh, because the, the Hendrix Gin Company, God bless their soul, uh, purveyors of fine, fine I love Hendrix spirits. Gin. Me too. I love Hendrix Gin. They put together uh, a shindig by the river, which included uh, dwarves, which I respect, <laughs> Um, tightrope walkers, unicycle races, uh, and pretty much all the Hendrix you could drink. That that uh, was the beginning of a long uh, day's journey into night and Wait, into the was, next day. It was really for Shavuos? This was, this was for the Jews of the Upper West Side? I, they... I do not believe it was, but oh. I like to tell myself oh, that <laughs> this is what the Goyim are doing. Cheesecake and gin. Like, say, duo, what Wait. shall we do for Shavuos? Oh, splendid old chap. How about some gin? They're Bring like, in let, the little let's call, let's call Duo. See what he wants to do. Let's call Pongo and Duo. <laughs> At what moment did they bring in the little people and why the little people were present throughout and i i have Wait, to say they i part respect of the, oh part of the they program? were dressed in like 15th century venetian carnival masks and they walked around and encouraged you to drink more gin which was wait so hendrix actually hired little people as part of their hendrix part of the, the hired a whole circus troupe which included the little people <laughs> it included uh, a, a person on stilts it included unicyclists uh you know, a bearded lady. It was great. I, I would like to digress um, about little people. Um, and this is, this and is bearded ladies. all the respect in the world. My brother was once interested in writing a book about the culture of, um, of little people. And he, uh, he never got around to it, but I had the best. Do you I- mean Jews or are we <laughs> talking? <laughs> I mean, uh, I meant, do, do we say dwarves? Do we say, we don't say midgets. Isn't little people the term that they prefer? Uh, depends. Right. I think. I think. Why? When is, you said little people a moment ago, were you talking about Jews? Or you, <laughs> you're all little people talking, to me. He was talking about his kids. Yeah. Oh, I see. Everyone in this room. Right. So I'm I sorry. Be- so kind of tiny. So uh, Dan Kennedy, by the way, ended up writing a book about about little people. But I had the best title ever. I think it should have been called High Hopes. <laughs> Come on, that's pretty Just good. A tinge of sadness. That's um, pretty good. I, I was very interested in in uh, dwarf tossing for a while. That's um, not cool. No, That's no, not it's, cool It's at actually all. kind of very cool. Uh, it's it's a sense of empowerment for them. I'm not even kidding now. Um, you know, as they would say, well, what the fuck else would we do? This is a quote that one of them gave me, you know, stock the bottom two shelves at a Walmart. This is this is a better job with a lot of money. Um, so on to the other little people, a little news of the Jews, Stephanie's high school friend and our former unorthodox guest, Adam Cantor, who plays Matal in the new Broadway Fiddler on the Roof, was on the Tony Awards playing 
Mato. Yeah, right. Fiddler, right. Fiddler won everything, right? It won every single award. It swept. It swept. It swept. They it called it the Fiddleronies. Yeah. The, fid- the Fiddleronies. I, I grew up, my dad would never miss a Tony Awards. It was his favorite TV event of the year. I am not and, surprised and, in the least. And yeah, you now wait a second. You're allowed to give me guff. You what do you know from you don't know from my dad? No, I don't. But that, actually, I think we all know from your dad if you listen to our last episode. A, that's true. That's B, B, if you know an Oppenheimer, you know that. If you know one Oppenheimer, you know musical them all. theater is sort of like part of that, right? You yes, know, of young that age DNA. education. So my dad, my dad texted me this past Sunday to say the Tony Awards are on, and my dad doesn't. Te- my mom texts. My dad does not text, but I got a text. The Tony Awards are on. I missed them. Did Fiddler actually win a lot of awards? You don't know. Neither of you knows. You I mean, just they, made they that up. The, they were the Hamiltonians. It was the big, ha- the big night for Hamilton. In other news of the Jews, the Stanford rape case judge, the one who gave convicted rapist Brock Turner that infamously light sentence, is none other than one, wait for it, Aaron Persky. You hear that, anti-Semites? Aaron Persky, who we just assume is Jewish. We haven't done any you know, DNA testing. We don't know if he bears the Cohen gene or whatever. Sounds like a Jew. But here's the other thing about that is he's also a former Stanford lacrosse player, which they say may have something to do with his sympathy for dickish moves by college athletes. For, for, rapey, for jocks. rapey jocks. Which it seems to me goes back to our old unorthodox debate about whether lacrosse is in fact a Jewish sport. So I guess it is. We should have but him on. The Jewish I have a lot la- of questions for him. <laughs> but the Jewish lacrosse players are Rape case judge Aaron Persky. So I just, Hasht- I rest my case. Hashtag bad for the Jews. Hashtag so bad for the Jews. So speaking of of Twitter hate, Jonathan Weissman of the New York Times uh, made a lot of news by saying that he was quitting Twitter over all the anti-Semitic tweets that he was getting over something he'd written about Donald Trump. And he said, you know, I'll just leave Twitter to the haters and, you know, and their hateration. And- he, he actually didn't write something about Donald Trump. He literally tweeted a negative story about Trump. And that was, that, was that was enough. That was and enough. That was enough. And that set off anti-Semitic trolls just like sending him, telling him he should like go to the oven. And then there's also the news uh, that that the anti-Semites are now doing this thing where they put Jewish names in between three parentheses on either end. Like they they buffer our names. They in in they coddle us in parentheses uh, to let people know who's a Jew and who's not. So then you had this move where a lot of Jewish journalists and and Twitter folk were then reclaiming it by putting their own names inside lots of parentheses. In fact, didn't Tablet Magazine, didn't we do that with our Twitter handle? And, you know, I've never actually received anti-Semitic hate on the web, which makes me feel like maybe I don't rate with the anti-Semites. I feel like you should be happy about that. Because, I I mean, that's like my, I I don't really like Twitter. And that scares me. Like, I think that's the kind of thing that would just like put put me out. So I got to tell you, um, I'm feeling a little left out here. I've I've written a lot of things against Trump. I've gotten, you know, the kike. I've gotten the occasional the go back to the ovens, Jew boy. You have. But I have. Oh, oh I totally am. No, 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 no muscle tubs. No muscle tubs no. are in order because okay. I did not receive the one thing that I that I really want, which is the iconic kind of the sign that you've arrived, right? <laughs> is that photoshopped picture of Donald Trump as an SS officer smiling as he's about to pull the switch with your head photoshopped inside the gas chamber. Oh, that's a thing? No, I'm sorry. That's the holy grail. I get that Yair Rosenberg, our dear colleague from Tablet, gets it. He really puts into work on Twitter. (laughs) But a lot of other people who are nowhere near my level of despise (laughs) Trump, Despicability. uh, You know, have received this. And And Jewiness, I think, too. And so listen, right. My name's fucking Leah Leibowitz. What else do I need to do here? So I'm I'm, going to try. Um, Trumpkins, <laughs> listen up. This is for you. So, uh, uh, Mr. Trump, hi. Uh, I've read your self-congratulating comments in the aftermath of the terrorist attack on Sunday, and I found it incredible that your malignant narcissism was powerful enough to drown out even profound human emotions like grief, empathy, rage, and resolve. So, since you are a few fries short of a happy meal, Uh, I know that you'll probably respond to this rant uh, if you hear it with some sort of outburst of insecurity and name-calling because you are a toddler, you despicable, hate-filled asshat. So while I feel sorry for your Jewish daughter, who seems like a really lovely person, and while I know there are a lot of people out there who like you because they think you'll be good for Israel or something, you should know that this here, internationally acclaimed panel of Jewish experts, thinks that anyone who questions the capacity of judges to judge based on their ethnicity, anyone who advocates punitive policies based on people's religion, anyone who excites and is excited by the most vile bigotry rotting the bottom of the American barrel, 
is beneath all contempt. So I can insult you all day, you stubby-fingered vulgarian, but I thought it might be fun to do it using words your third-grade mind can possibly understand. So brush up on your Shakespeare, bitch, because thou art a base-proud, shallow, beggarly, three-suited, hundred-pound, filthy-worsted, stocking knave, a lily-livered, action-taking whore-son, glass-glazing, super-serviceable, finical rogue, you scullion, you rumpillion, you fustilarian, I'll tickle your catastrophe. Now, can I please have my fucking gas chamber Photoshop? Oh, mic drop. Yeah. You just went Shakespearean on him. You know, you know something something that he will never be able to understand. <laughs> I think Leo just turned liberal. Nope. <laughs> no. There's 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 a there's a word for people who who you know deeply dislike Trump and uh, decry his uh, fouling up of the Republican Party. That word is conservative. Human beings. Uh, also human, human beings. beings. Uh, uh, would it, also I would go. I would go so sane. far as to say. I would go so far as to say that if you're an unorthodox listener and you're a Trump supporter, we're. We're fine without your support. Just we, unsubscribe. We, 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 don't listen. We don't want this. you anymore. If it always populism always ends with the Jews. If it doesn't begin with them, it ends with it. And if you're a Jew and you don't see that, first of all, it shouldn't matter if it begins or ends with the Jews. It's it's ending. Be, it's just even a Jewish it's our fellow, thing. It's a human thing. It's a human thing. thing. It's our fellow Americans. It's our fellow human beings. Uh, but if you want to be a chauvinist, uh, you know, chosen only, uh, you know, ethnocentrist who only worries about whether they come for the Jews, guess what? The mob, listen, the mob always does. Right, but I'm, I am kind of this this person already, and even I dislike Donald yeah. Trump. Even immensely. you have a line. Yeah. I uh, do believe we're the chosen people, but we're not chosen for this <laughs> we're, idiot. We're not chosen for this. We're chosen for better. You heard it here first. Anyway, send Liel, send, send all tweets to Liel Leibowitz. He's at Liel at... <laughs> but please, can I have a gas chamber Photoshop? He just wants a it gas chamber so much to My me. worry is that you're not talking to the right audience. Like, maybe it'll get there. I don't know. But it's I hope those I people aren't listening. 30% 30, 30 of our listeners are... are like hardcore anti probably, probably, you know, yeah, live in Iowa. Be like, oh, Leibowitz. Leibowitz is asking for a gas chamber Photoshop. Right. I'm going to get it to him, Speak, filthy Jew. Speaking of Leibowitz's... Hey, it was a pretty good... <laughs> That was one of your, one I, I of your like best. That voice. Yeah. What was that? That was your redneck Iowan? That was my I hate Leibowitz voice. Speaking of... Um, it's a voice I use in therapy. Speaking of... Are you in therapy? What do you think? Do I look like someone who's in therapy? I actually don't know. That could Would go I be way. this angry if I was uh, in therapy? Have you ever been in therapy? No. Interesting. I'm, I'm a, I'm a you're in therapy. Gun fanatic Israeli man. Like, do we go to therapy? You don't go to we, therapy. We make other people pay for our problems. But Nick, you're in therapy, right? Who has, I'm shocked Liel hasn't been in therapy. I feel like he's he's like in for a like he he likes a good like trendy like a fad. So like I feel like he could be drawing yeah. therapy. Like if there was like if a there new was like, like a soul cycle yeah, therapy, yeah, type yeah, like, thing. It's like or like it's weird hydrotherapy or like water therapy or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see you going in for a weird soul cycle enema therapy. It's called therapique. Therapique. <laughs> la ther- la therapique. <laughs> All right. Stephanie knows me too. Well. All right. Well, hey, hey, we just. We, I am a basic bitch. We got our segue because the swimming pool, the water to the swimming yes. pools in Brooklyn. Yes. You know, the swimming pool situation in Brooklyn, um, I can't do better than to just quote the times. Four times a week this summer, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays from 9.15 to 11 a.m. and Sunday afternoons, a public swimming pool on Bedford Avenue in Brooklyn will be temporarily unmoored from the laws of New York City and the Constitution. That's the Times editorializing against the separate hours for women at a Brooklyn swimming pool in a very orthodox neighborhood. Uh, apparently, this has been going on for years that the, the city-run pool has set aside certain women-only hours for uh, women who want to swim without being around men. Um, and now the City Human Rights Commission is taking issue with it and trying to work something out. But apparently de Blasio and the others are sticking by it and saying separate hours. I actually have no idea where you guys come down on this. I know where I come down on this, but I actually wanted to poll you guys. Uh, there have definitely been Jews who have said, look, uh, the Orthodox can, you know, they can get their own swimming pool, but public pools are public and they should, they shouldn't have segregated hours. And there are people who are saying, no, 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 no. This is what it is to be in a pluralist society. But Nick? I think we shouldn't hide from religion. I think that is what leads us to a problematic place. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's people are saying, oh, taxpayers are paying for this pool and now it's being but but part of those taxpayers are the are the community. And so to let that pool serve that community seems to be fair. Yeah, but it's not they're non Jews who live in that neighborhood. And and I and they're non Jewish women who don't get to use I, the pool. To be honest, or non Jewish men who don't get to use the I pool. I feel conflicted those. about this. Um but look, I think it's pointed out 
especially a few times on tablet that this is this is not an, an isolated case right like my my issue with this story is more that it's a story right because there are similar um similar rules around the country for um for muslim women and for other other cultures that basically you know but the times is never right that would be islamophobia but but i just feel like there's this weird scrutiny and i'm i'm the i'm the last one to sort of be like oh you know the jews were being called out for anything because i think that for the most part jews in america have it very 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 good right now um and i'm not crying anti-semitism that much except on twitter but yeah this was a weird thing i think the story itself like the scrutiny just seemed off. Liel? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree I didn't mean, I didn't mean to steal your bit about no, the time. No, there's, there's no bit. Yes, <laughs> you didn't mean to go Liel I, on I, us. A thousand percent. Liel, you think they should enjoy. get the separate hours? You know, first of all, I'm, I'm really of, of, of all kinds of, of minds about this. First of all, I think anyone who wants to dip themselves in gallons and gallons filled of, you know, other people's urine should no, be able to determine whatever conditions I that person... I think it's called people who can't afford to their wants. own pool clubs. Uh, second of all, I would say... But what kind of people would those be? People who got rejected from so People who don't go who, to Hendrix Gin Festivals but, but on the river. who would those people be? The proletariat... Um, you know, my, my second comment is to say, and this is exactly why we need to keep, you know, any sort of government out of any sort of function, because it simply doesn't happen when it's, you know, your own kind of voluntary organization. Um, but as much as it pains me to, to stand anywhere near the despicable New York Times, I'm, I'm kind of there. You know, yes, I agree with Stephanie. Yes, we need to accommodate religion. At the same time, it's a public pool. You know what it does? It serves everyone in the public. You know what the hours should be? It's always open for whoever wants it because we all pay taxes. And so you want your own pool. That's amazing. Pay for, you know, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. before the pool opens or get your own fucking private pool. I can't afford it. Move somewhere you can. America. Yeah. I I actually thought there's, there's really a solution here, which is, Tell the community to pay for their own pool staff, and after hours, they can open it for whomever they want. Yep. It can be it can be for you know kohanim only. It can be for you know third born sons. There's no reason that the ultra orthodox can't swim at nine p.m. at night after the pool closes, or six p.m. or five in the morning, or whatever. Maybe they'd get assessed some sort of charge for somebody to open the pool. But this is an entirely solvable problem. But Sundays in the middle of the day in a neighborhood that is filled with other people who don't have access to swimming pools, yep. that's just yeah, like the prime time is a little. Yeah. Plus, I'm sorry, but if I couldn't have my son's bris on the USS Intrepid because of silly, you know, no religion laws, then these people. <laughs> Don't Wait, did, the they, did you try to do that? Are you kidding me? Nothing would have made me happier. <laughs> My you... kid's standing under a huge portrait of Reagan next to a stealth bomber and becoming a man. I can see him like in college telling that story, doing yeah. being like, you know what? You know where my you know, you know where my bris was? You know how I became a man? Intrepid. <laughs> next next to a drone. In next fact, a drone performed my perform circumcision. The, perform the bris. That's how hardcore I am. <laughs> uh, you know who whose circumcision went beautifully and who remained oh, utterly intact. My you man are crushing it with the segues today. The, I am crushing it with the segues. Is the king of all? We are naming him the king of all sperm donors, or just the king, or just the king. The New York Post reported this week, and by the way, this is the best story we've ever done. Okay, just stop. Pull over to the side of the road. You see that rest up? Get off. Gas up. Get your fries and just sit in the car and listen to this. The New York Post reported that six foot two, blue eyed Brooklyn Jewish math professor Ari Nagel, a true he man, age 40, has 22 kids over 12 years by 18 different women. He's a sperm donor to, well, not the stars, just to whoever wants his sperm. To literally anyone. He, he, because he is just a mitzvah machine, he does not give his sperm to the sperm bank. He gives it away for free to people and, and who where, can't. And where does he do that mitzvah, Mark? Well, being the man of the people that he is, he uses area target stores to go into the bathroom, um, do what one does to extract one's own sperm, and then walk out and leave the cup in the women's bathroom where the woman with whom he has prearranged a donation can find it. He goes into Target, masturbates, and makes babies. Now, when, 20... I, call, when I do it, <laughs> they call the police. He does it. He gets a story in the New York Post. <laughs> I mean, this guy, and what's amazing is the post story too. You really all have to go to the post story where you see like, it's it's such a cheesecake photo. I mean, this is one handsome Jew. He is creating tall, fair-eyed, math-gifted, little <laughs> half-Jews all over Brooklyn. But hold on, I, I, I want to read 
<laughs> I want to read a, a line. This is actually from the JTA story, our, our, our brethren in Jewish journalism. Yeah. Uh, and, and Professor Nagel says about his voluntary work, community service, if you will. <laughs> this isn't time consuming yes. and I'm doing it anyway. It's very easy for me to do. Uh, can I just say this, uh, really? this story is Professor creepy. Nagel, uh, it is very easy for you to <laughs> masturbate in the Target bathroom. I hate to like... Um, you see, what I do is I go into the bathroom <laughs> and, and then I weep out my penis right. and then I rub it up and down repeatedly until I ejaculate in Sometimes the Sometimes there's an iPhone you involved. Guys, I hate to break up this like I take the cup from the eighth grade pizza recess in the cafeteria <laughs> at the Target. I know I'm in a room with a bunch of 13-year-old boys, but if I may, <laughs> this story is weird. Really? Really? <laughs> literally just handing a cup to women and they, and, and according to JTA, they are like inserting it in the tar- in their own Target bathroom, which... I'm, I don't know much there was about a great, that There was stuff. a great ambiguous modifier. They're actually inserting it somewhere else. But how about this? The women, he makes the women promise not to sue for custody because he's basically like, it's the it's story like, about a sperm bank is that you actually are protected in a lot of ways. There's like a whole system of regulations of what your role is. And yet they, they lie because he has, according to the JTA, he has been successfully sued for child support five times. He says half his paycheck goes to child support. Half his paycheck goes to child support. So actually not that easy to do. <laughs> Although out. if I'm not mistaken, I think in the New York Post article, he said that some on occasion he has done the, the donation via the old fashioned way intercourse so he's actually am i right about this i'm pretty sure i'm right about this so he'll be he's like on an app and he's like if you want a baby come to me by the way not to get to technical here but but how does the uh the 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 receiving party uh you know take charge of the contribution of that donation in the bathroom well that was my question because i don't know much what happens there there's there's a cup there's so a what, cup. Do you run to the turkey-baster section? It's not a turkey-baster. Come on. We've all known women who've gone through this, and they always say it's not a turkey It's a syringe. Yeah, but that's in a clinic. Now we're in the yeah, Target. Yeah, Target does second. not have syringes. I have to read this. I what have to are read we doing? This. Guys, this is so much more important than whatever you were just saying. This is from the New York Post article. About half the time, he provides his seed the old-fashioned way. Sometimes a lesbian looking to conceive will have her partner in the bed for moral support while she and Nagel engage in intercourse. She's never slept with a guy before, so the partner's in bed holding her hand, Nagel explains. Sometimes it could be a little painful, and then after a few times, they're comfortable to do it on their own. What does that even mean? To do what? Have sex with a— Oh, no, without the partner in the bed. Do it oh, on so, their own. Oh, in case she doesn't get pregnant, the first, he comes back. I mean, this guy and, this guy's a, is a weirdo. Yeah, this just got weirder. Maybe he's not a hero. Maybe he's, he's definitely. I mean, he's it took, doing. It took Mark Oppenheimer about seven minutes of talking about a person <laughs> masturbating in a public restroom to say maybe he's not a hero. All right. No more heroes anymore. No more heroes anymore. For our Gentile this week, we have someone who is so gentilic. <laughs> <laughs> like his gentleness is radiating off him. Uh, Duo Dickinson is an architect who's won like a buttload of awards. Right? What's the best award you've won? It was actually sadly the first. Well, no, the first and last awards are the best awards. The first award was for my own house, which is a record house, which is a big deal in 1984. And then this year I won something called an IFRA award for a Episcopalian chapel. Oh my oh! god! Yes. You are you are peak gentile. <laughs> Uh, ever ever do a synagogue? You anti-Semite? <laughs> I, I have worked on a numerous synagogues. In fact, I have a meeting at 6 p.m. with the good people from Temple Beth Tikva in Madison, Connecticut. Okay. Ooh. And I'm working on Young Israel in Stanford. Nice. I'm going to stop you right wait, wait, here. Wait, Describe in as much detail as you can the difference between being hired to design oh. an Episcopal church and being hired to design a synagogue. I what are the people like? What the are the food. demands like? What are the meetings like? Dr- Everything. It's it's all drink at the Episcopal <laughs> board <laughs> meetings and all food at the Jewish board Well, meetings. and it's also, we were, we did the Orchard Street Shul uh, Elevator well, I was there Saturday nice. there you for are. a baby so naming. We, that is a beautiful we space. We are trying hard to do an elevator, which everybody will love and will not wreck the beautiful interior. So... I was shocked because I'm, I'm what's called a, you might not know this since I feel like I am the, the lone Shagets in a, in a sea of the chosen. Look, listen to this guy. I love Listen love to it. his Yiddish. Listen to it. <laughs> Don't, you're making me verklempt. Come on. Uh, <laughs> do you just want to switch entirely into Yiddish? We will well, do this whole thing in Yiddish. It would give me a little surus because I'm not cavelling enough about my children. But <laughs> this is Go amazing. on. Oh my. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> but I, 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 am, I am a long-term vestryman. Which, which I learned early on is the same as being on the board of a synagogue. So I go to present this 
elevator project, which is very controversial, to the board. And I'm used to vestries being in, in uh, main, mainstream sort of Protestant denominations, being very quiet, very calm. People are kind of shy. They don't want to speak. And there usually maybe 8, 12 people in a vestry. Here there were 25 people. <laughs> all talking. Four separate groups of conversation. Actually, only six of them were on the board, but they all brought, <laughs> yeah. they they all brought their spouses, their kids. Uh, everyone who was the there. The dog sitter was there. And, and the president's saying like, I'm talking, damn it, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, your name is, we'll back up. It's Duo Dickinson. Yeah, we this... Liel actually spent uh, the night the other night at the Hendricks Gin Fest oh. on the Hudson River. And you were there, right? Because well, we, I, well, I had to be. You had to be. It yeah, was it's, right. it's a requirement. So, so he was at a private reception before, before the public one. I was right. invited to. You were being served by the little people, and yes, he was being I served was. by the big, the big people, the you, beef eaters. We we get sort and, of warm gin at those things. Um, and you know, we were talking about sort of echt waspiness. It's it's hard to do better than duo Dickinson. Well, when your parents looked down at this beautiful little six pound two ounce cherubic blue eyed thing, it was five. It was five pounds six ounce. My mother smoked. And, <laughs> And, and drank, no doubt. Uh, allowed. Um, That's, can, can I tell you? It's so, even so, more goyish. Well, yeah. can I tell you, what, you know, the, the goyish drinking thing with my mom was that basically she bl- blurted forth in my wife's uh, first uh, baby shower. She blurted forth, I loved being pregnant. I loved being pregnant. I could drink and drink and drink and never get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Leo Leibowitz dream. Uh, Le- oh my God! Leo yeah. enjoys a, a little this, sniff. This is, now, this is a snort me as now a woman. Yeah. And I could have been Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah. <laughs> and because she smoked, I didn't play for the Giants. Now, so they're uh, and so they named you Duo because uh, you're, you're you're named after great great grandpappy Duo. It's worse than that. The it's worse than that. Before I even came out. My my father, I was the third. I was the trailer. My father was 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 f- closing in on fifty. My my mother was forty five, and basically they, this is I was the leftovers. You were the the birth of a forty five year old smoking drunk, yeah, basically, ba- basically yeah. and that's why I'm a failure. But besides that, um, th- they basically had already named their firstborn male, male child Winthrop Stevens Dickinson. Wow, how to, hard to beat that one? What does yeah. he do now? What is Winthrop? And please Win- tell me you call him Win. I call him Win. Nice. And I don't think I'm breaking any codes of of um, codes of, of secrecy because he's fairly out. But his name is now Pandora West. Say more. Uh, he's he's my sister. Okay, what is she? He do? You mean uh, she's she, your she, sister? She, she, sorry, sorry. She's God, well, you're still, God, you're bigoted against my your own pronouns, sister. My, my, my pronouns are not good. Uh, no, he basically works at the transit authority for Westchester County. I have to say, okay. Pandora, a very good name as well. Yeah. Yes. She, yep, yeah, I could make By the all way, the box am, jokes, but I won't. I am sure she chose Pandora just because you got Duo. Uh, the, like, I'm <laughs> with her? Fuck that guy. I'm Pandora now. <laughs> this just got so much better. Okay, so, well, so, so, so Big Brother Wynn is so now Big we, Sister Pandora. And they look, they look at this trailer and they go, oh, what do we... What do we name them? And they were, you know, they were tired, you know, madmen wasps from Dobbs Ferry, New York, just twelve miles south of Ossining, where 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 madmen actually magic happened. Where the magic happened, and they said, ah, oh, just name after you. Okay, so George Arthur Dickinson Jr. So before I got too long in the tooth, sometime in 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 June, before a September, I mean an August birth. They said, well, we have to, we can't call him George. Your name, George. We can't call him Junior. That's bourgeois. Duo. Two. And it just stuck. No one's ever called me George except my then brother to annoy me. So I was always confused. I recently learned that trip is like what you trip. call. Yeah. Like the third. Bird. Yeah. Yes. I did not, oh, Stephanie. You I went to college with so many trips. And yeah. I was like, that's so and, weird. Uh, They're all named me. Trip. And Buffy is, is Elizabeth. Oh, I didn't know that. And Muffy is Margaret. Yeah. I went to a junior high with a, a Muffy. Yes. By the way, she was one of my favorite people. We were close friends. She's vanished. Not on Google. Not on Facebook. If anyone out there knows where Muffy Denby is. Please oh, call that me. is a good Muffy name. Denby. I love Muffy so, Denby was so kind to me. She was I would start grade. the search party at the country club. <laughs> no, she wasn't that. <laughs> and kind then the of muffin Muffy. shop. She wasn't. <laughs> um, Please, Margaret Duo, Denby of Wilbraham, Massachusetts. Where are you? Is Duo a common um, shortener for ju- for no, the second? No, I've never heard it before. It, we, uh, I've re- only run into a couple. It's a little too Latinated. It ends in a vowel, which yeah. we're not big on. No, it's almost Italian. It's, it's almost Italian. Ethnic. People think of me as being this. Thin, sophisticated, hybridized, sort of, you know, wasp, Italo, aesthetic god, and I'm just a fat old linebacker. That's that's it. 
That's it. Would Who's be linebacker. Still an architect. Yeah. Well, there's nothing still wrong with a claim he's on the arts. You've won major a- shuls throughout <laughs> Southern <Yeah>. Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. By the way, he does synagogues, but only in Connecticut. <laughs> no, 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 no. He has a limit. is basically doing an Anglican church. It's close. It's close, but it's but it's. I was corrected by the rabbi last night that we're doing the beginning process, and because I am a born in the. In the cradle Episcopalian, there there is this phrase, cradle Episcopalian, you should know. So I'm a cradle Episcopalian, and and having been on any number of vestries and any number of diocesan subcommittees and and been part of the altar cocker uh, elite of the of the Episcopal Church. That's uh, pretty much the only elite there is these days. <laughs> I was about to say. You're not getting a lot of young people there. No, no, no young and cockers, yeah, just old. Nine. At nine. So, nine. But basically, uh, I've been raised to think of when you think about something— it's called discernment. Discernment. So I wrote down discernment options for temp- Temple Beth Tikva. The rabbi, an incredibly great woman, sort of back channels me and says, um, that's really a Christian word that we don't use. <laughs> we don't discern here. The, the, the Hebrew for it is ulcer. <laughs> Now I have. Is I have, the woman rabbi your former eldest brother? By the way, uh, <laughs> no, he actually is more into the Episcopal Church than I am. He's a very no doubt. Oh, by the way, if Pandora, if you're listening, just convert to Judaism, you would devastate. He would, yeah, I think, that would yeah. be the end. Right. It's one thing you to would become a woman, steal the rug from right uh, under his feet. It, it, although we, I did almost marry a Jewish girl, which is somewhat the source. Yeah, almost did. Yeah, that's college. not the woman you're married to now. No, she, she actually, looks about seven times waspier than you. She has thirteen relatives in the Mayflower. No jive. Nice. So and I was as close to an ethnic minority as she could have married because my grandfather came from Newcastle to play soccer in Brooklyn Ooh. in 1903. Very lowbrow. Um, final question for you, and then I know you have some questions for us. Um, the whole like Christ crucified, risen. Do you, do you, do you believe it? Actually, uh, the, the the great line of uh, of the Oxbridge uh, uh, Christian revelation was done by the person that wrote, and I'm spacing on his name, no, the, 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 the person that wrote the thing in the closet, the very famous- Lewis, C.S. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. C.S. Lewis said, he said, if I didn't believe in the resurrection, it would all be garbage. So in a way, if you say you're a Christian and you mean it, you believe in the resurrection. So you have to say that something happened that made all those people do all those crazy things and risk their lives. Something happened. Maybe it was really a great magic show. Maybe it was mass delusion. Maybe they dropped acid. But the reality was something happened, and it really changed civilization. But I did want to give you guys, before I give you your party favors, I, I actually wanted to introduce you to the, to the non-religious sacramental reality of waspness. So sacraments, sacraments. We feel prepared. We're all we're all a tingle. I'm nervous. Sacraments, you know, are there's a sacrament of marriage, a sacrament of baptism, but the sacrament last, last rites, the sacrament extreme unction, yeah, yeah. extreme unction. But the but the real sacrament that 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 low Episcopalians like me resent, oddly resent, is the idea that you eat the body and blood of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Every Sunday, every Sunday, you're a cannibal every Sunday. So that wasn't the way I was brought up. It was, you would have, you would have a Eucharist, which we called communion because Eucharist is a little bit too papal, a little too Catholic. We would have it and it would be these little wafers and really actually pretty good wine. So, but I know my audience. So what I brought to you was the wasp equivalent of a daily sacrament, which is the, the wafer is of course Triscuits. Which I brought you, <laughs> nice. And and actually, the 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 wine or or the the blood of our of, of some nice wasp girl, which happens to be my wife, <laughs> is actually I un, unsweetened iced tea, which I put ice into just before coming. And and you're all welcome to actually have some fresh iced tea brewed by my wife, and. Now, now, here's a note to anyone interested in converting the three of us. This is how you fucking do it. You don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't come in with, oh, Christ said this, Christ said like, Here's theology, some biscuits blah, blah. and some no, no. delicious homemade iced tea. I've been saying and this. And we would be like, we're listening. Well, we taste the iced tea. Tell me if it passes muster. Oh, bring it right okay. here. We're all yeah, about absolutely. the swag. Like, yeah, if you right. got good swag. So, right. so, so what do we do? What this do we do? This is a man who knows how to handle juice. He comes in with offerings. That's some tasty iced tea. I would love some iced tea. Oh, it's just, that's. We do that well. This is fantastic. 
like tea. 475 for yeah. that at a coffee shop. There How do you, you make this tea? What's in this tea? And do you serve it when the changing blood sides of after the odd games? Blood of many generations. How many wasp babies did it take to make this jar of tea? Don't ask, don't tell. Okay. Which is actually the best wasp phrase ever when you think about it. Don't ask. Don't tell. It's the embodiment of, your it's the embodiment of my entire culture, which That's is essentially, delicious. it is pretty so, good. So we just eat the cracker. Like, is there anything we need to do? Uh, I would just, I would take it and I would chew it and then very subtly, very subtly and quietly sip the tea. You don't gulp the okay. tea. Um, and Holy I, shit. Did I just become a Christian? Like when I just, what you just know, you happened a to me? You became a what? I'm, oh. an, I'm on a Jesus diet. So no, I'm no, this isn't Jesus. This is, Jesus w- just get. there's a distinction between Jesus and Episcopalians. Uh-huh. We we pretty much believe in Jesus. <laughs> I like this. Kind of? It's, yes, but yes. Not like this, this again leads me to believe if I were ever to convert, I'm going full Catholic. There's no doubt. It, well, it smells and bells is our version of that. I know. I know. Do you know what smells and bells are? It's I, incense yeah. and these weird and, chimes. Yeah, and the chimes, yeah. Very strange. Yeah. But I can tell you the one thing I will tell you, the reason why I brought this was 25 years ago, I walk into a potential client's house in August, and because I am an endomorph and large and I tend to sweat and I'm, I'm just ungainly, um, the, the incredibly wonderful wasp woman, whose name I think was Beckwith, uh, says to me, would you like some iced tea? And I said, yes, I would. And she goes to the refrigerator and pulls out a pitcher. And I said, thank you. It's homemade. She pours it, says, would you like ice? And I said, no. So she hands me, hands me the iced tea and just mint. I said, yes. And there's a sprig of mint. And then I take a sip of the iced tea, which is cold, brewed, and without sugar. No sugar. And I just felt, my people. <laughs> my people. I instantly bonded with the sacrament of the of sacrament of unsweetened iced tea. I like this. I'm Bless in. You. I'm in. I'm in for all of this. Yeah. What I don't even know what we'll call our show once we all become Episcopalians. <laughs> the Chosen Frozen. Um so do you have any questions for us? You have before you a panel of Jewish experts. Well, I brought to you two, two reality things. My, my son just came back from getting his library of, uh, library of science Your degree. Your son, Trio? Will yeah. Dickinson. He brought home about 100 books he purchased on his academic loans. And we're going, <laughs> why did you do this? I wanted them. I said, well, you can't take them all with you when you go to be the librarian at the Cape Symphony. And he goes, yeah, I know. I said, well, what are you going to do with them? Well, I'll give, I'll give some books away. So there's a stack of books that he gave away. And in the stack of books that he's going to give away was, were two books I wanted you to evaluate because I'm incompetent. Haikus for Jews. I like a good rhyme. Yep. And Zen Judaism. All right. Um, does one of you – I'll take Zen Judaism. One of you want to take haikus, I want haikus for, for Jews? haikus for Jews. Same, same author, I should say. And, and same very like pocket size. Same vibe. So um, I'll just say this, and I'll get all the angry mail from the Jubus. There's a whole cottage Ooh. industry. You didn't know that term? No. See, this was worth your well, trip. Well, need a good name to like There's really a whole catch cottage on. industry in sort of telling Jews that they can have their Buddhism and their Judaism both and marry the two. Ah. And it's true they're not utterly incompatible, but most of the people who go down that road are really more interested in being, you know— the the kombucha sipping NPR listening Connecticut dwelling Buddhists <laughs> than they are in anything about actual Judaism. So it's not that there aren't sophisticated people working on trying to merge the two or see what how the two mm. speak to each other. Mm. It's just you're, that most of the people you meet who are interested in that are um, are intellectual. Um, featherweights. Roger Kamenitz, if you're listening, this is not about you. Not we about love you, you and respect you yes. a great deal. You're one Wait, of the good I ha- ones. I have a haiku for Jews. Ingber too. David ha- Ingber, you've done good work bringing them together. I have a haiku for Jews that I think is very spot on for this. Look, Muffy, I found the most splendid tchotchke for our Hanukkah bush. <laughs> there you have it. All right. I like it. You have made our day, duo. What I did bring you a self-serving gift, which was my latest book. And the, the next oh, book, wow. the next book yeah, will be coming yeah, out get, in the fall. I get the good one. There you go. Okay. So what's it called? Staying put. By the way, this is probably the most Goisha subtitle ever. Remodel your house to get the home you want. Yeah. It's like my, my Upper West Side apartment. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Last question for you, Joe. Yes, yes, sir. What do you really think of Jews? Like when you're, cu- when you're snuggling your wife in bed at night, which means you sort of wave at her from the other twin bed. <laughs> and, you know, you come back from the temple meeting. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you, like, deep, deep down? This is a safe space here. It's only going to be our 8,000 listeners. I'm going to, I'm going to let you in into the, the biggest secret in all of, of waspdom. 
And I'll, and I'll do it simply by recounting to you a very quick story of a wedding we went to, where David Hudnut Clarkson, the son of William M. E. Clarkson, was marrying Mary Margaret Milliken. And it's terrifying. Because we think the Jews are essentially our goombas in overthinking. And uh, we, we are bringing them into the realm of overdrinking. So, uh, so the, the problem for us is that we are terrified. Wait, you'll teach us to drink and we'll teach you to think? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, I was thinking you would teach us Yiddish because okay. I think Got we it. could really use yes. Yiddish. Okay. But, the, but the bottom line is we are terrified of the Catholic Church because they're, they're, they're just different from us. And we're not good with difference. We, having gone to you know, prep schools and, and Ivy League schools, there's so many of the chosen in prep schools and Ivy League schools, there's, it's, it's just part of our life together. I even played football with a Jew. So you look at us and say, more or less, oh, here are people who don't believe the same things I don't believe, so we could be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and va- Mark Oppenheimer. The vagaries. They're, they're, we, we embrace the vague. Okay. So, so at, the, at the club, there's really no anti-Semitism left? I would say there's zero anti-Semitism, but there's definitely fear of anybody who is just a little overweight. It's the new anti-Semitism. It's the new anti-Semitism. Yeah. It's basically... Anti-fatism. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. anti-Semitism. It's, it's anti-Lielism. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, anti-fat, anti-Semites. Duo Dickinson, we're all going to go buy your book, Staying Put, How to Remodel Your House to Get the Home You Want. And I, I love this. This we is, are, by the way, and we've I'm going to read Thank this. you for welcoming us, in, welcoming us to Waspdom with, with our communion breakfast. You have been pretty much the best Gentile of the week we've ever we'll had. We'll see you at really? the Shul board meeting. Well, you know, I can come back if you want. Yes. 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 A fun romance with no kisses. A fun romance, my friend. This is, we should be like a couple of hot tomatoes. But you're as cold as yesterday's mashed potatoes. A All right, a little special something this week. Some of you may remember our jubador, Jim Nabel, who has composed witty and memorable songs for Unorthodox before and has been the star of one of our live shows. We're going to be bringing him to some more live shows in the future. He just sent in a little song this week. He was just inspired. We didn't even ask for it, but he decided to write a tribute to Unorthodox. And if you listen carefully, I think you'll hear little references to me, Stephanie, and Liel. Take it away, Jubador. One, two, three, four. Three intellectuals started a radio station It's not even questionable They'd represent the whole nation Unorthodox in their leanings Totally out of left field Except for the one who leans more to the right They'd let him speak his mind Time after time after time While the other two bicker and sip wine And quip lines all night Down to the capital, talk to the cooks and the Catholics. Look at a map and it'll tell you it's all made in plastics. Unorthodox in their meanings, totally out of their minds. Especially the ones who lean left and right We'll let them speak their minds Time after time after time While the rest of us bicker and sip wine And quip lines all night What's happening to the nation at large? When it is done, one of them will be left 
in charge It makes no sense But it is where we are once again Look at yourself Look at who's left around Likely it's gonna be One of these clowns Who will tell us That we are all coming around In the end Unorthodox in there Sip wine and quick lines all night While three intellectuals started a radio station I said three intellectuals started a radio station All right, that was our Jubador, Jim Nabel. He's online at jimnabel.com. That's Nabel with a K. Knabel. Knabel. And we will be welcoming him back more. He's working on a whole album of unorthodox-inspired Jubadorish songs. Do you guys know that? Are we getting a cut? I don't know. I don't know if we're getting a cut. But he's done enough free labor for us that I think he can keep his own royalties. Some mail. We love your letters. For example, we got this one from Dominic Zakarchevsky. Hey, guys, I really, really like your podcast. I must begin by stating that. I was born in Poland but grew up in the U.S. since the age of nine. I'm 33 now. I was baptized Catholic but never was practicing. About two or three years ago, I took a DNA test through two separate companies and found out that I have Ashkenazi roots. Being from Poland, that should not be a shocker, but there have been some anti-Semitic sentiments in my family from the more conservative wing of the clan. When I got these news, I started to study Judaism and all about Jewish culture. Currently, I'm taking a class which will lead to my conversion at Central Synagogue. I've been identifying as Jewish for a while now, and I'm trying to carve out my own place within the Jewish world. I must say it feels great being part of this community, that no matter where I am, I feel like I'm part of this large family. My one moment where I finally started to feel Jewish was when I was going to Shabbat and the temple, wearing my kippah, and a fellow Jew wished me a good Shabbos. Reason behind this long-winded email? Your podcast allows me to be aware of modern American Jewish life. It is something that helped me feel more Jewish. So a big thank you. Best, Dominic. Dominic. Love ya. Love ya. Love ya. Love ya. Dominic, you are more Jewish than many of our relatives. You are, you are, and you're not even converted yet, but when you convert, send us another email. We'll give you the Mazel Tov of the week. Leah, do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Leah Tarika. I am seven and three quarters, and I'm second grade. Leah, you're one of the smartest guests we've had on the show. So we want your take on American politics. We're now in the midst of an electoral campaign. I'd like to know what you think of Donald Trump. He, I have some describing words for him. Mm-hmm. He is weird. A doo-doo head, perhaps? That's not a describing word a of the kind they teach no, at her school. No, those are school. your words. She has better words. She has she probably words does. she learned at well, PS something or other. Uh, a bit obnoxious. A bit. True. Yeah. And mean. Do you think that you should be allowed to vote? Well, first of all, I'm not very good with many people who are running to vote. And, like, I don't know many names of them. I don't really know anything about them. So maybe, no. That that means, like, you're basically like every other American going to vote. Most Americans don't know anything about the people they're voting for. I think you already know much more. If you ran for president, what would your campaign slogan be? How would you convince other Americans to vote for you? I would say... You can go to the store and eat ice cream on Sundays. Oh, yes. my God. That is so much better than anything on offer <laughs> right already now. already <laughs> much better than... Yeah. So, Leah, you're the daughter of our amazing producer, Julie Subrin. Um, and do you have a mazel tov for us today? Well, mazel tov to my Aunt Elizabeth, whose movie is having its U.S. premiere on Sunday. And I'm in it. Yay! 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 And what's the, what's the movie called? A Woman Apart. A Woman Apart. 
And you could see that movie at um, the BAM Film Festival this weekend. All right, Leah, thank you so much. You had a great Mazel Tov this week, and Mazel Tov to you on almost finishing the school year. Okay. Okay, bye. All right, other Mazel Tovs? My Mazel Tov uh, is for my man crush, Yuval Levin, the, uh, the dreamy dreamboat of the intellectual conservative movement, who I love, who has a, small movement. a new... How dare you? Oh. He's the dreamboat. How dare you? Of, he, he and the three others, he's the dreamboat of them. Guys, can you be a little more wasp and just like take it down a few notches? <laughs> um, he has a, a spectacular new book. He's out hotter than Matthew Continetti. <laughs> You, sir. <laughs> Fighting words. You, sir, I are think. talking to a conservative. Um, he has a terrific book out this week called The Fractured Republic. If you want to understand how we got to the point where our choices are Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, you should read this fine, fine book. I have two Mazel Tovs. One is to our colleague, Esther Werdiger, art director of Tablet who is making good use of her maternity leave. We thought it was just kind of a ruse. We thought she'd just been padding her dresses and then wanted some time, some paid time off. But in fact, she has birthed a young boy to be named soon at a bris near you. Mazel tov, To be Esther. named Duo. To be named, right. Duo Verdiger. Duo Verdiger at a, uh, at a bris near you. Um, Esther, we're so, so, so happy for you. We hope that your little boy someday grows up to return to Australia where he can attend the brother school of your wonderfully named uh, Jewish girls' school, Beth Rifka Ladies College. And my other mazel tov is to Mark Perlman, the bassist of my favorite band, the Jayhawks, who are touring again after many years off the road. I'm seeing them tonight in Williamsburg. I'm so, so happy. Perlman, I will be, I will be sending you Jew vibes from the audience. The guy in the audience who knows that the Jayhawks have a Jewish bassist, that's me. Perlman, I'll be the creepy middle-aged Jewish guy in the front row <laughs> just looking up. at you and trying to get your attention. Uh, my Mazel Tov is for my girl, Hillary Clinton, who by literally... Oh, is she your girl? My Mazel Tov is to our girl, Hillary Clinton, who by literally everyone's math but Bernie Sanders has clinched the Democratic nomination. If you have thoughts, comments, praise, or questions for our panel of experts, send them to unorthodox at tabletmag.com. Be warned, we might read it on the air. Unorthodox is brought to you by Tablet Magazine on the web at tabletmag.com. We have a Facebook page that you should be on right now. It's edited by Julie Subrin and produced by Sarah Ivry and Alyssa Goldstein. Rabbinic supervision this week is by our correspondent, Daniel Schwartz, and kosher slaughtering is by our slightly more ornery correspondent, Ari Gononsky. Much love to our LGBTQI friends, Latino and Latina friends, Orlando friends, and all of the people affected this week by the horrible tragedy down in Florida. Shalom to the world, unorthodox out.